Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I've always been in the search for what is the secret sauce to success, quality, of life, freedom. And initially, I thought it was just finances, but there's so much more to it. There's time, there's location, there's health, mental. And once I discovered the secret sauce, I was on a quest to interview those people that were embodying those traits. So today I have Michael Mead, and he's going to talk to us all about investing, real estate investing in this current market. And he's focus on delivering high yield tax advantage investments to ambitious professionals. So it speaks well to the audience out there. So Michael, welcome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Well, I know we had connected through Podmatch, which is a great resource for matching podcast guests and hosts. Tell us more about your story, your origin, and how you got started. Sure, absolutely. So my, my name is Michael Mead. I'm the founder of Ambition Capital Group, which is a, a tie into the ambitious professionals that you just mentioned. A uh, little bit about me, his background for a W-2 career. Um, well, I got my, take a step back there. I got my uh, graduate degree and master's degree in accounting and finance uh, with a focus on taxation. Um, after college, I spent six years at a top 10 accounting firm as an auditor and a CPA. Uh, before I realized that wasn't the life that I wanted to live for forever. Um, so I left that uh, and then came to a, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. And so I went to a, a private, a fairly uh, big size company in Nashville, Tennessee that had been around for decades and became their controller. And then about a year in, I was promoted to VP of finance. And then probably a year later, I was ultimately the, the CFO of this company at the age of 31. And at the time the company was doing I think they were on track for 160 million in revenue, 30 some odd locations and about 650 employees. And so I had made it or in most people's eyes, I had made the corporate ladder. Um, Sure, there was probably room elsewhere, but that, you know, I had done it. But then it really didn't lead to the the happiness that I was that I was after that I thought it might provide. Uh, But all that time I was working my job, I had been investing in real estate. And so I bought my first rental property at 24 years old, and I had two rental properties before I ever bought my my primary residence. Um, and so over the course of those years, 10 years or so, I was I'd bought several rental properties, single families, multifamilies. I'd flipped some houses, I'd flipped some land, and so I had gotten to the point, uh, especially after 2020, to where I, I looked down and realized. I've done pretty well in real estate. Uh, I want to help others get there, and I'm not necessarily loving uh having someone else control my entire day and so mm-hmm. i imagine some of your listeners might uh relate to that uh <laughs> that story as far as education and, and the job that most people will think they seek for and or seek after mm-hmm. and they realize it doesn't provide them the the freedom they want or that they the lifestyle they really want yeah that's fascinating story and really this uh this is not just 
you know, to you, this is, you know, a lot of people listening out there, some of the same realizations that you had, especially after 2020. And uh, it's so interesting because uh, one epiphany was that um, if you if you didn't start creating passive income streams for yourself, you would always have to be using your time and your energy, you know, working for somebody and make, making them wealthy and um, hopefully yourself as well, but mostly to them. So one, one thing is, um, you know, we all know the audience knows the advantages of real estate investing, all of that, which we'll get into a little bit later, but what steps did you take to retire at an, a young age? <laughs> in summary, it was investing in real estate. It really was. But uh, for, I guess I would I would say that having the financial background that I did was definitely a plus and helped. Um, some other things that helped along the way is getting into a room of people that know more than you do. Uh, hmm. Find some mentors, network with people that are doing, even if it's not real estate, if there's some other, if you want to open an Amazon store or create a online profile, talk to the people who are already doing those things. It'll shorten your timeline and collapse the path to success exponentially than trying to figure it out by yourself. That's, yeah. that, that's very key. Yeah, I love that. And um, there's a great quote that's like, if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I love and... that. I always say that to this day. I say, find, find a bigger room. If you're the smartest yeah. one in there, you got to get out of there. So Yeah, yeah. What one great advice one of my mentors gave me is he he, he said uh, go into rooms that make you so uncomfortable and then like just and then just start talking to people and and start putting yourself out there. It's amazing what you'll learn about yourself and and just uh, you know the amount of wisdom that you can you know get. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, elaborate more on that or speak to that at some point. So I go uh, to a lot of conferences now and travel and meet people that are doing things that are. Exponent. Some people that are just getting started, but there's also people that are exponentially uh, more experienced than I am. Yeah. And I found it, all of those people are approachable. If you go to these events where people are um, that are doing big things, they want to talk to people. And so if you go up there and you're brutally honest and you say, hey, I'm just here to learn and this is what I'm interested in, you'll be very, quite surprised at how many people are open and willing to help. Mm. It, it's kind of mind boggling and eye opening for sure. Yeah kind of humanizes the person, you know, and um, it makes, you know, makes them less intimidating. One thing that is uh, top of mind, especially in this day and age is, uh, you know, this issue with interest rates, they just raised it 25 basis point, you know, you know, a lot of small banks are failing. Where, how does this fit into the real estate investing arena? How are you positioning yourself? What do you think about where is it going? And we'll get into that. Nobody has the crystal ball and I can, and I don't want to beat something. I'm sure a lot of people have heard these similar thoughts. So I don't want to repeat um, a lot of what others have said, but certainly uh, the lending has gotten tougher. Uh, the interest rates make it hard to find a deal in which the sellers of whatever it is uh, are willing to take the price that makes sense for you. Mm. And so I, we recently got a property that we bought about a month ago now, but we were able to assume the existing debt on the on the asset. And so at that one was locked in at 3.9% for another eight years. That's mm. tremendous. Uh, and so we're trying to find opportunities like that to where we can still do that. I've, I've heard talks and I've seen a little bit of it of uh, sellers are now reconsider or considering again the possibility of seller financing to carry some portion of a note if they want to mm. hit the price. Uh, that they're after in the multifamily space for a number of years, I thought it was kind of crazy maybe with the uh, accounting background and the conservative nature of 
my underwriting, people were buying properties at cap rates that were below their interest rates. So their cost of capital was higher than they would earn on the property. And it was all in this hope or, or plan of being able to push the NOI or net income of a property and then hope that you can refinance or sell to the mm. next sucker, in my <laughs> opinion. And so uh, I only buy cash flowing assets. If it doesn't cash flow on day one or in the, or there's a very clear path to how make it cash flow right out of the gate, mm. uh, I'm not interested. So I'm not going to be the guy that's, especially on some sort of short-term debt that might adjust in two, three years. And so that was the name of the game of apartment past two years is, buy with short-term debt and hope you can get out uh they didn't realize they were hoping but several people are finding out now that that was just a hope um and they're mm. finding out the hard way so you you asked another a couple other questions one is where do i see it going you know i'm not again this is a novel uh thoughts i'm about to uh, share here but it seems like the fed is considering pausing now they've slowed their rate hikes there's there's they're doing significant damage and so I don't think they're going to cut soon, uh, but they might pause. And so that'll at least level some things out and hopefully help some things. But the banks are in a tough spot. Mm. They're, they are seeing a flight of deposits from some of these smaller banks that are going to put them in a pinch. Um, mm -hmm. And the assets they have on their books aren't going to readjust back up unless rates go back down, which to be determined if the Fed pivots. Um, okay. I was at a conference in New Orleans October of last year and history there was a couple of people that pointed this out but history says from the moment of the last rate hike to the first rate cut mm -hmm. is average of 12 months mm -hmm. and so if, if we see the next fed meeting that the fed does not hike history says set your clock for 12 months and most likely we're in a uh, decreasing rate environment mm -hmm. that's just what history says i'm not saying that's what's going to happen but that's a good data point to keep your eye on Mm -hmm. um, and so a, a mentor of mine compares just all the, the, the economy in general as kind of a, a ship out at the ocean, but mm -hmm. there's all these cross currents pushing you this way or that way, and you're still on your path. And so you got to be mindful of all the cross currents that are happening. But what you don't want to happen is get caught by a tsunami that pushes you no matter how closely you are paying attention. And so you can get wiped out by something unforeseen. Uh, you just got to do your best as you're navigating your course. Mm -hmm. Um and I think you asked another question of what are we doing to uh, to pivot? Yeah. And so we're actually looking at a number of different things outside of simply real estate. And so we're actually looking at some businesses that are um, not so debt dependent and that are mm -hmm. heavy on uh, equipment purchases that have great tax advantages uh, because you can still get leverage on those equipments. There is still significant bonus depreciation available as, as of this. Uh, recording in 2020. And so we're, we're looking at some of those opportunities that uh, nothing solidified just yet, but we're pretty excited about a couple of them. It's it's so fascinating because um, it's, uh, I've been listening to, you know, basically in 2008 and then 2020, basically the um, Fed basically kind of partnered up. It's basically with the banks to basically bolster investment, you know, prop up the system. And then now it's kind of like, the the fed is like you know sol you're you're on your own we're gonna hike rates you know we gotta save the economy and you know if you fail you know that's you that's on you but um it's uh in it you know being in real estate since you know 2000 is kind of you had that um you had the uh the um the housing bus in 2008 and then and then you know 2009 you know there was a five six year period where there were a lot of good deals and now it seems like it's kind of like you know these little um, kind of 
you know, kind of um, these different strategies that are just kind of trying to, you know, make profits. All in, and it's just kind of interesting to to see, you know, where people are. Um, what what about commercial real estate? There's the, you know, there's um because of the work from home, and then now a lot of people, you know, have commercial real estate debt, and then they can't refinance it, or if that they have to, you know, pay exorbitant fees. What is going on with commercial real estate? Well, I'm not going to claim to be the expert there, but I do, um, you know, rub elbows with a lot of people that are involved in that market. And, um, yeah, there's still struggles amongst retail, amongst office space. Many lenders won't touch an office building. Um, mm. I think, and again, before we I want to take a step back, all real estate is very, very local. I mean, down mm. to the street corner. And so I, like I mentioned, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. We're still seeing a, a huge influx of people moving here. And so there's still jobs coming here. There's, there's reasons that you might want to do office space in Nashville, Tennessee. But you hear about some of these other cities where there's a, a net outflow migration. Mm. Maybe you don't want to be in those. Uh, do you want to be in cities where uh, the local municipalities or are landlord friendly, not tenant friendly? And that's, that's the same on residential and commercial. And you, you want to be able to, or that the government respects your personal property rights. That's huge. Um, so mm. I won't beat the political drum much more than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But where do, so there's there's going to be certain asset classes that struggle, but there's you got to be in the right place. Commercial office space, it's one of those assets I mentioned apartments or multifamily earlier that people were buying at cap rates below the interest rate. People, those are still out there. I'm still if you want to go buy a triple net deal today, you're probably paying a five cap, and it's, if your cost of capital is seven seven percent with the bank, or if you have investors that are looking mm-hmm. for a seven percent or more, I don't know how you buy a triple net deal at a five cap. And yeah. so there's, unless the seller is willing to um, carry some sort of note at an interest rate lower that you can support. There only, in my eyes, there's got to be creative ways to make those deals work or mm-hmm. there's sellers and buyers have got to meet in the middle somewhere along those way uh, or along that way. Well, yeah, well said. Um, you know, what we're discussing is just ideas and concepts. This is not advice, uh, of Correct. course. You yeah. Know, yeah, this is, we have to put that caveat in, uh, you know, cautious out there it's very volatile you know you know even experts are struggling in this environment so just keep that in mind when you're listening to this um so that's quite interesting so tell us more about how what you know the work that your firm does how it offers value to clients maybe people can check your uh company out etc Sure. So we, in a nutshell, what we say is we offer, we offer people the opportunity to passive, passively invest in real estate and real assets. And so a lot of that historically has been uh, real estate focused and we're still looking for real estate deals. But as we've talked about for the past 10 minutes or so, real estate's tough. Uh, and especially we're looking in the middle Tennessee area where Nashville is and there's a premium on this market. And so we're looking at other markets. We've recently done a deal down in uh, Tampa, Florida area, St. Petersburg, Pinellas County. But w- what we do, we are constantly meeting with people and hearing what their goals are. And so a, let's say a physician, for example, a physician that's fresh out of school is going to have different investment goals than a physician who's looking to retire. And so mm. some people are looking for capital growth. Some people are looking for cash flow. Some people are looking for equity preservation. And in today's market, they just say, I just want something safe to where I know I'm not going to lose my the equity I've built over built up over my career. Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly meeting with investors and saying, what, what keeps you up at night? What are you looking for? If you had an ideal investment, what, what does that look like for you? And then I mentioned this earlier, I go to conferences probably 
two or three a quarter where I'm meeting other people who are doing investment deals. And so I'm constantly talking to investors, hearing what, what they're looking for. And I'm constantly talking to people who, who have real deals, who have businesses that need capital. And mm-hmm. so what we try to do is, is see what makes sense for people and create some sort of a, a form of a partnership to, to allow these people that want their money safe and producing a return for them to come along and join in some of those opportunities. Yeah. And uh, how can people find you, uh, contact you, follow you on social media, et cetera? Sure. So I, I think somewhere out in the ether, there probably is an Instagram and Twitter, but really the best place is on LinkedIn. Uh, it's it's Michael Mead, uh, the, the company's Ambition Capital Group. And then the website is Ambition. Uh, anybody that wants to reach out, message me on LinkedIn or reach out there. And then on the website, you can log up or, or send an email to taxfree at ambitioncal.com. And there's a report that shows you how you can earn passive income, uh, very tax advantaged and oftentimes tax-free for several years. So I, I'm Anybody that's in a larger tax bracket might might uh, be interested in something like that. And that's that's what uh, I love about you know real estate as kind of your bread and butter. It's got cash flow, it's got appreciation, tax advantages. Um, so really fascinating, strong asset class, traditional asset class. So um, for all the listeners out there, let's thank Michael for coming out to the show, talking about real estate, the markets. Really interesting time. Uh, he, he's on again LinkedIn. All of his resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the show. All right. Thanks, Chris. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next.